0: Welcome to the Gods of Tomorrow podcast, where we discuss religious deconstruction, secular humanism, political activism, and epistemology. Together, we explore how to solve human problems with human solutions. We deconstruct, we activate, and then most importantly, we live our fucking lives. I am your host, Josh Ra, and you are the gods of tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's do this shit. All right, welcome back to the gods of tomorrow. This is episode fifteen. I'm Josh Raw. You can call me Josh and I've been away for a little while. I get it. I'm not really that sorry. I told you this was going to be raw. It's a hit and miss. Sometimes I'm going to be in the mood, sometimes I'm not. That's just the way that it is. But I will say that this episode will probably give a little bit more insight into why I have that mindset. Not telling you that you have to adopt that mindset, but from where I have come from in regards to the Christian belief system and deconstructing away from that And finding out who I am, I have really accepted myself as an individual that cannot simply bend to the whim of everyone else to bring them some sense of happiness and in that process negating my own sense of happiness. But we're going to talk about that a little bit through the course of today's presentation. I'm calling this episode Happy Not Holy because for so long I lived with the inverse of that being my dogma, I fully believed that I was born to be holy, not happy. That that is what God was calling me to do. That I needed to live up to a certain standard, God's standard, replacing my free will with His will, as it is stated in the Bible. And I didn't just come up with this conceptualization on my own. I didn't make up an ideology that I needed to be holy in order to find happiness. This is something that is written within the scriptures where it is telling us that our immediate happiness was not a concern, that God called us to be holy, and if we could achieve that in our waking life, then we would have eternal happiness in the Christian heaven we see this in things like 2 Timothy one nine. It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. We see it in 1 Thessalonians four seven. For God did not call us to be impure, but to lead a holy life. 1 Peter 1.14-16. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Or 1 Peter 4 and 19. If you are suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to God who made you for he will never fail you. Fuck you, Peter. Like seriously, fuck you. Because you know how long I held on to that verse, suffering day in and day out. A failing marriage with a wife who was engaging in infidelity, and a job that did not bring me joy, and a financial situation that I could not survive or find my way out of because I was donating money to the church and spending my time and energy doing that instead of bringing in a healthy amount of income to support my family. Time and again, I would go back to the Bible, back to my knees in prayer, looking to God, saying, I am. Being holy, I am doing the things I'm supposed to be doing and suffering is continuing to afflict me and those around me. And don't give me that bullshit about, well, have you read the story of Job? Yes, I have. I'm familiar with it. And it haunted me again day in and day out as I continued to do what I thought was necessary in order to live a holy life. At church three or four times a week, in prayer for hours every single day. I didn't spend any time engaging in any indulgence unless it was God-driven and I was doing what I believed was God's will. I spent my time reinforcing these concepts, these ideas, by listening to Christian music, by listening to Christian lectures, by reading Christian books. I spent all of my free time listening to Chuck Swindoll, uh, Focus on the Family with Jim Daly and John Fuller, listening to Ken Ham Lectures, who I would go and attend his lectures around the state anytime he was there. Rabbi Zacharias, who I absolutely uh, emulated, thought was one of the most amazing presenters on Christian theology and apologetics that I could find. James Dobson, who probably everyone's familiar with, regardless if they want to be. Uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. I bought and owned more... Max Lucado books, then I probably should have. That any reasonably person should have. I really did surround myself within this mindset to make sure that I was living the Christian life, that I was doing God's will, that I was being as holy as was absolute possible. I was such a good little Christian robot, doing everything I needed to do to reinforce the programming that had been presented to me. I was a perfect conservative Christian patriarchal Republican asshole, and I understand that not all of those terms need to be synonymous, but it is definitely the labels that could have been and should have been attached to me. I was hopping through all the right hoops. I was a pastor. I was a deacon. I was a forgiving husband and father. I was working extra hours. I was listening to all the right information. I was applying at it. I did nothing without grace. I did nothing without asking for thanks. I did nothing without reverence to the Christian God. And still, I suffered. And I'm sure someone will come by and listen to this podcast. And I imagine if there's a Christian listening right now, they will say, I am sure that you were not living to the pinnacle that you believe that you were living in. I'm sure you were doing something wrong. Of course, you are elevating and augmenting this perception, perspective of who you were. And even if you aren't, even if what you say is true, then the Christian would say you should be so lucky to be able to be gifted this one life and to be in service of God and to have Jesus Christ die for your sins and be able to experience this life as it is so that you can then go to heaven and worship God for eternity in his presence and i call absolute bullshit there is no reason why i should be born into a life that i did not ask for to a deity that i did not ask be my sovereign deity and have to suffer through that experience For the sake of being holy and giving grace and thanks to someone for bringing suffering upon me, even though I am following their law, only to be awarded for an eternal life in a place that I didn't ask to go to, to then eternally worship again that same deity that I didn't ask to have as my deity. What a weird-ass construct that we all accept so readily as we're indoctrinated into this theology and this world that we live in. To be born into a world, have suffering thrust upon us, be judged in how we respond to that suffering, and then we are either punished with more suffering, or we are awarded by praising that which put us into the world and brought that suffering upon us. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But I digress. I very much was living in this place with this idea that I needed to be holy instead of happy. I believed that conservatism and the Christian ideology was something that I needed to live and die by. Through my actions and through the words that I said, I should have been demonstrating the antithesis to liberalism. I needed to fight against the modern Antichrist. I, I remember when Barack Obama was elected president, and myself and my Christian brethren, brothers and sisters were terrified. We wept. We thought the end of times was upon us because the Antichrist had come to rule this nation. That liberalism was reaching its peak and there was nothing that we could do. This was a godless action that had taken place within our country and we had to fight against it. I remember people running to me saying, oh my god Josh, what do we do? A black liberal democrat has become president. We are all going to die. This is the end of the world. The end times is coming. This is the sign. It's been seen in revelations. I tell you guys at the time, I believed it. I was all about the end of times. I read revelations. I made connections. I was in prayer all the time. And I was with these people in that community, within the church that were coming to me, asking for direction, asking for comfort, trying to provide it, and believing that it was a sign of the end times among a number of other equally ridiculous signs and symbols that <laughs> I thought were in reference to what we would believe to be the second coming of Christ. I just, I got to take a moment because even replaying this in my mind is so ridiculous to me. Like to think that I was there within that realm of understanding where I believed these so fully to my core and thinking of how I spent time reinforcing those beliefs through the media that I consumed, through the community that I conversed with, that I had fellowship with. I believed wholeheartedly that God was absolute. And I'll be honest that although I was primarily associated with a Baptist church, the belief there was also that the Bible was absolute. From my standpoint at the time, I had to have absolute certainty that all of these things were absolute and that they provided the answers to life. One of which, bringing this full circle, was that I needed to be wholly not happy. To be honest, I'm a little embarrassed to talk to you about who I was as a conservative, Christian, Republican, white man in the Midwest the ideas that I held, the actions that I took, the way that I engaged with others, the way that I was polarized on certain issues as a result of my environment, my upbringing, my indoctrination, and the ways that I reinforced that is embarrassing. Now, it's true that I was in the church, uh, but there was even disagreements in the church and who I engaged with and whether or not we were approaching things in a way that was godlike or holy. Uh, But I also worked in social services at the time. Uh, This means that I engaged with many individuals that did not necessarily see things in the way that I did. Uh, But even then, and I remember going through college, but even while I was in the workforce, I looked at things through that Christian lens. And I think that was harmful in many ways. It probably prevented me from providing the right support, uh, the right resources to help the clients that I was working with really reach a place that was going to bring them to joy, to bring them out of the situation that they were in into a place where they were going to be able to experience the fullness of life. So I will give you some examples. And before I do, I will say that there's always been some issues that I recognize did not really hit my radar. There are things that have been considered more now that I am no longer a Christian than I really considered during my time in Christianity. And the reason I believe that is, is because again, as a Christian, I was preparing for the next life. I found or I believed that the spiritual life And the preparation for eternal life was more important than some things that were done here within the mortal life. And so there were certain issues that I just didn't really care to address or consider. Also, I was primarily raised Methodist growing up, and then I was in the Baptist church during my young adulthood, Both of the churches were within the same community, and within that community, despite it being conservative of nature, there were some progressive ideas that were presented within that community, within that environment. So there are also some issues that I think that I had more of a progressive outlook on that don't necessarily match some of the um, beliefs that we see in more extremist churches or even charismatic churches. So for example, uh, things like human evolution, my church really kind of accepted human evolution. They looked for a rationale that blended science and creation, evolution and creation, and talked about how there was an intelligent design. There's a lot of that within my church where that was an accepted theology. Climate change didn't really hit my radar at the time. But of course, I'm talking 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, illegal immigration issues uh, in terms of that being a political issue was never really spoken about. I was in a small community in the middle of nowhere. This wasn't something that we really cared about or addressed. Uh, healthcare and education. I can't remember a time where I didn't really see these as being um rights. To humans that should be universal in nature and applied to them. So, in this area, uh, there aren't things that really ha- had a lot of impact during my time as a Christian. However, some of the other issues um, that are embarrassing to talk about include abortion. Uh, I was very much an anti abortion individual. I believe that there was never a good time for it, that it should never be done. Abortion at any time was wrong. I was accepting of other people if they wanted to have one, but I myself never thought it was right, and I was always voting against it, and I was speaking against it, and I was arguing about it. I used to be on forums on Zynga.com, for anyone that's old enough to remember that, just arguing the shit out of that topic. Uh, now, of course, I'm on the other side of that fence. I am sure you can imagine me also being on the other side of the fence when it comes to gun ownership. I was an advocate for the Second Amendment and everybody having a gun and needing one and protecting things and being prepared not only for the end times, but when another civil war was going to rise up between us and those gosh darn liberals um, it's insane to think of where I stood at on this issue. Apparently, I own no guns. I don't mind telling people that. I have no interest in gun ownership anymore, and I think it's kind of ridiculous to feel like I need a, a little pistol in my pocket to make me feel like a big man. Another area that I'm ashamed to talk about was my position towards homosexuality and my attitude towards the LGBTQ plus community as a young conservative Christian heterosexual male. I didn't understand the issue well enough or the complexity of it, and yet I was out there spouting opinions that were pressed upon me by the church and expectations that were thrust upon me by the Republican Party and using my voice to disseminate hate and disagreement around this particular topic. I remember when I was in college and so involved in the church and We would go through verses and talk about the sinful nature of homosexuality and how this was against God's design and how people had their individual struggles and and the lustfulness of this particular group were giving in to their particular struggle that God was challenging them to become holy, not happy, and how they were incapable of understanding this divine message that was being um, given to them and the challenges that they were there. But I would go into these debates on whether or not gay marriage should be allowed. And I was using my voice to disseminate hate, to argue about how this was going to cause a downfall to our society and our culture and our youth if we were to allow this within our laws. I was so ignorant. I was so absolutely ignorant. And I look back now and I can very much recognize that the opinions I was spouting on that were not my own. They were things that I was indoctrinated into believing, and now I do my best to advocate and to educate on this topic, as well as I can, or at least put people into positions where that they can educate and advocate on these topics. But to be honest, this is a difficult topic to address, as well as the abortion one. I almost thought about not talking about these today, just cutting this right out of the middle of this podcast. But looking back, I know that I was a mouthpiece for the church, talking on topics that in many ways were none of my business to talk about. And thinking back of who I was then and why I engaged in those things, I think is important. And I hope that that's the message that comes through here. So the last one of these things that I kind of had a mental list of that I wanted to say the church had indoctrinated me into believing was thinking that God was the absolute standard of right and wrong. I can look back now and recognize that many of the qualities, the traits about myself wanting to be compassionate and loving and kind to others, were not instilled in me by the church. I had these things before I was baptized, before I was born again, before I was spending all of this time just drowning myself within Christian doctrine and teachings. But the church told me that that standard of right and wrong would not exist without God, without the Holy Spirit being. Born inside of us to be born again and to receive this gift of understanding to be able to discern what right and wrong were. And it drove me and empowered me again to speak on topics that were none of my business to speak about and to hold positions that I had no business holding. And I continued to do it because I thought that by doing that, I was upholding God's will. And in that way, I was being holy. I was causing insurmountable amounts of harm to other people and their lives and to their path by spouting what the church was teaching me was God's will by their interpretation of the text. And I was doing this because I thought I was supposed to do this because the church told me that by doing that, I was being a holy man. And by being a holy man, I would have eternal happiness. So how did I get out of this? How did I break this cycle and be able to think about things a little bit differently? Because the church was telling me, our culture, our society puts a high emphasis on using happiness as a measuring stick for decisions. Don't use happiness as your measuring stick. Don't look at your relationship and determine whether or not you're happy. If you're trying to be happy with somebody, then you are aiming for the wrong Goal. If you try to use unhappiness as a reason to leave or to escape, then you are doing something that is sinful. That is what the church continued to tell me. They told me that happily ever after was a fairy tale. They told me that I should not be following my heart because if I'm just looking at following my heart, then I am not listening to God. That God in his infinite mercy would care more about me being happy eternally and being holy eternally than any type of temporary happiness that he would bring me on this earth while I was here. So how did I break out of this? It was a simple quote. I don't remember where I saw it. I don't remember where I read it, but it came out of Buddhism. And it said, if you focus on hurt, you will continue to suffer. If you focus on the lesson, you will continue to grow. And it was that lesson part that really stuck with me. And I spent time just thinking about that. Every day I'm suffering. My finances aren't improving. My wife is continuing to cheat on me. My kids are not happy. I'm in a community where I'm not finding joy. Every day I'm struggling and I'm feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm doing everything that I can to be holy. And there is no reprieve coming. I am continuing to experience suffering what is the source of that suffering and i spent days in prayer praying to god to help me find the answer for the source of this suffering so that i could find reprieve and find it some sense of joy trying to learn what the lesson was that i was supposed to be learning to stop the sense of suffering and when the answer came back and some of you may have heard me talk about this in a video, maybe on TikTok, maybe on YouTube, maybe you've seen me put it in comments before. The answer that came back from God, and I'm going to put that in air quotes that you can't see, the the answer that came back from God is, I'm the problem. The lesson you're supposed to be learning is that Christianity is not the answer. The cause of your suffering is by being a part of Christianity. You're continuing to engage in the same behavior over and over, day after day, month after month, year after year. And you're continuing to suffer because you're engaging in the exact thing that is bringing your suffering without making any changes. And that hurt. That hurt a lot. Because I was dedicating my life to being holy. I'd gone through so much pain get closer to God. And when I reached out and asked for an answer, the thought that came into my head without any premonition on my own part was get away from me. Stop chasing me. Stop following me. Stop living for me. Go and do something for yourself because all you're doing is living your life for somebody else's lie. I feel like I should preface this. Maybe I should have said it beforehand. I wasn't angry at God, I wasn't angry at the church, I wasn't even angry at myself, I was just looking for an answer, and this is what came back to me, and this doesn't even mean that I left the church right away. I continued to go to church, I continued to teach, I continued to try to seek truth, seek answers, find a way to restore whatever faith I may have lost, I questioned this information that I felt was divinely inspired and tried to figure out what the riddle and the meaning of it was. It wasn't like I suddenly found this answer and just walked away and dropped it all. No, it wasn't that easy. And any of you that have deconstructed or deconverted from your belief system know it's not that easy. You know it is not easy just to turn away from the thing that you've dedicated your life from, that you're so invested into because you don't think there's anything else, and it's the sole purpose for why you exist. You know it's not that easy. I spent years, literal years after that moment, continuing to seek truth, praying, going to church, and going through multiple steps that eventually deconstructed the Bible in my pursuit of that until I found myself where I am today. And guess what I found in all of that, if you're still with me up to this point? I found that by pursuing happiness, I'm more holy. I am more loving. I'm more compassionate. I'm more understanding than I ever was as a Christian because I decided to seek the things that made me happy. I found joy in life on my own terms, not in sinful terms. I'm not out here murdering and raping and stealing and living some sort of sinful lifestyle as Christians would have you believe. I do all the great things that I did as a Christian minus all the things that were not so great that I did as a Christian. I sought life on my own terms and sought happiness and I'm a better man because of it. I'm a better man today than I was 20 years ago as a Christian. So that's where I'm going to leave you at because we've talked about all of this far too long now. So I'm going to tell you guys to get out of here. Go live your life. Go find your own path that's going to work for you. Go pursue happiness. Go be the best version of yourselves. And above everything, do what the fuck you will. (laughs)